What's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of Understanding Adulthood. I am super excited because I have guests three and four on the podcast. Together at once. Together at once because uh, I have two sisters who happen to be identical twins. Whoa. And their names are Kirsten and Kelsey and we met uh, maybe eight months ago this summer. We met this summer right after I came back from my Europe trip. Um, they had started coming out to my church and uh, we have very similar past because we all have been ballet dancers at one point and now none of us are ballet dancers but yet but but yet yet everybody still identifies us as ballet dancers and says that we need to meet together so um, how many times did we hear have you met He's in Europe right now, but when he comes back, I have never had more hype given before meeting someone. Upwards of in my life. And it didn't, didn't, I didn't meet it, but it's okay. (laughs) So, uh, but uh, we are super excited to kind of just talk about their lives and where they've come from and then why they're here in Austin. And it's cool because they actually have their own coaching business together and they help people and they help improve people's lives and uh they know way more about it than i do so i'm gonna have kirsten start and she's gonna share about her life and where they kind of separated and now why they're back here together so hit it kirsten yeah and i'm glad you said kirsten because i feel like we're gonna have to say this is kelsey speaking this is kirsten Our voices sound the exact same, (laughs) which is creepy and I guess exciting and intriguing for some people. But um, anyway, so bird's eye view of um, who I am, where I came from. Kelsey and I grew up in Little Corpus Christi, Texas, grew up dancing and doing a lot of other things, fell in love with dance at 13, decided, yeah, this is what my whole life is about at 13, which is not really an age, I guess, where you make decisions like that commonly. But anyway. One thing led to another. We were training seriously, went to Houston Ballet, spent a good old intense two years there. Kelsey got injured after our first year and ended up going to college at Texas A&M and completely shedding the ballerina thing and going for business and killed it at that for a while. Thanks, while bud. Yes, of course. I, <laughs> I um, continued at Houston Ballet for another year and after that, I went to school at the University of Utah. That was really exciting because at the time when I was in Houston, everyone in my class seemed to be like, oh my gosh, if you go to college as a dancer, that means you're a loser. And I was <laughs> Which like, is so opposite of what no. the whole world thinks. I know. Loser for going to college? What the LA heck? culture people. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was the one that didn't go to college for dance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you can probably identify like that's kind of a weird thing to do. It is weird. It is not the natural path for dancers to do that. But I loved it and I ended up graduating a year early. So three years was perfect for me. Um, Otherwise, I kind of felt like a fourth year would be just too much of the same. So (laughs) I busted out of there and... um, to Oklahoma City Ballet, where I finally danced professionally since, you know, little 13-year-old me was like, that's what I'm doing. And then at last, 21-year-old me was like, yay, here I I am, (laughs) contract in hand. So I did that, and after only a year, I got a really serious knee injury, so 
Hence, there was a lot of drama in my life. It was, it was a really hard time um, where I kind of had to face that serious reality of not being able to fully identify as a dancer and rely on all my happiness and fulfillment to come from mm. being able to move like that. Yeah. And having the status of professional dancer, that's something I had idolized for so long that when I lost it, on the positive end, I gained a lot, but I had to face a really serious life change, which after some self-discovery and some time just to think, I found coaching, or as we could get into later, coaching kind of found me in a funny way, and now I help dancers um, who were going through similar situations to what I went through of struggling with low self-esteem or wanting to kind of hide in the back sometimes because I you know, had a day of like, I don't want to show myself, I don't feel like I'm my best. Um, in addition to dealing with injuries and transition, a lot of dancers don't know what to do after they can't dance anymore, and it's just a huge question mark. Full of fear, so I help dancers address <laughs> all those of things. Us experienced. That's pretty yeah. crazy. All three of us. Yeah. Can Literally, that. the identity thing, I was like, that's oh, it. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, here I am now. Cool. That's that's the bird's eye view. Oh, and I kind of dropped off on Kelsey's story, but um, well, I can tell, you that. Can tell that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so. uh, I will. Uh, Kirsten will be speaking for me by proxy. <laughs> no. That's the podcast. I'll be the interpreter. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so you guys were both in Houston, and yeah. you guys separated from Houston. So where did you? She said you went to A and M. So explain yes. that, and then like what you did after A and M, and then now how are you kind of here? Yes. So just as Kirsten said. That first year, um, we were 17 whenever we moved away from home and went to Houston Ballet for our last year of high school. And so pretty soon into that year, I got very seriously injured. Three rounds of um, getting stress fractures, healing, coming back, and every time it getting more intense, like a uh, one boot and then two casts, two months in a wheelchair, uh, crutch again, and Finally, it was May, um, and so I had just finished high school, and a doctor told me, all right, like, if you want to cripple yourself, then go ahead and keep on dancing, but my formal recommendation is that you stop immediately. I had, like, stress fractures, micro fractures, and every single um, metatarsal of my feet and oh bone my bruising, like severe bone bruising. No joke. Yeah. So it turns out I pretty much have osteoporosis. So Excellent. what did I do from there? Uh, college. <laughs> I decided I was just going to immediately like clean slate and start something new. So I went to Texas A&M and I was a business major. Specifically, I majored in supply chain management. We love logistics <laughs> was kind of the thing. Um, and after that, just like I, I tried to excel and just be a, a pure uh, single track mindedness on achieving in college. Oh, kitty cats joining so the cats here. So <laughs> if you hear meows, that's real. That, you that's hear what's that's happening. yeah, that's not <laughs> me. That's the real. There's real cats here. Real. Uh, I'm like achievement. You're like meow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, I just got swept up in the achievement crowd and saw that everyone was getting jobs in consulting, corporate consulting and whatnot. So I got a job with all the other cool kids at the biggest company I could uh, get a contract at or get an offer for. And I spent the next two years just 
head down. Um, I was an emerging technology consultant at PwC, um, and goodness, did not enjoy life at all. But I found myself in this place of, well, I want to do something different, but all the job listings I look at only tell me I'm qualified for basically the same thing, but with less hours and less travel. And I don't want to do the same, but sucks less. I want to do something totally different, but how do you just jump off the train? Uh, that seems like this linear path to success that society dictates for us. How do you just jump off that? It's a really lonely place, extremely confusing place. And so I ended up finding what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> by realizing this huge painful time that can be figuring out what you want to do and so I ended up finding coaching and being a career strategist for young professionals like I once was that wanted to figure out I want meaningful work but does that even exist can I find that and how do I get there yeah so it's kind of that <laughs> it's so cool so it's super interesting because you guys so you guys your business is together, yeah. right? And it's called Camp Coaching, right? Camp yeah. Coaching Alliance. Okay, yeah. Camp Coaching Alliance, cool. But it's super interesting because we all started our businesses, yeah. our bi yeah, businesses, business, business. Uh, <laughs> my business, your business. It's like not. We're three. going into business. Together, I'm like, I'm like, it's not three business, two. Okay, anyways. So, but it's so cool because. We've started kind of at the same time, and yeah. we've we've met before and, and hung out and like talked about like these things in our journeys. But it's also super interesting because uh, we've all even started at a time where we were finding identity, like re-identifying yes. ourselves. Like for Kirsten and I, it was dancing, like yeah. it was coming yeah. off of a professional dance career, and. Also, we all had injuries. Anyways, we all. Yes. It's like it's wild. Okay, but it's like it's but it's super true. Where yeah. it's like that was our identity. Where yes. people would be like, "Oh, this is Matt. He's a dancer." Like no one's, no one ever is like, "Oh, here's Kelsey. She's a consultant." Like no yeah. one's, no one says that. But for weird. dancer, it's like a weird thing. Yeah, you're a mythical creature. Yeah, it's you're like it's like I I become like the icebreaker and everyone's yes. like oh that's so cool like what style and you're like okay you know you do the same thing but when that's not the case you're not the icebreaker it kind of sucks like you're yeah. like wait that you're so used to being like oh this is matt he uh, we don't actually know what he does anymore like you know yes and it's, it's like so strange it's crazy but then also kelsey you're like you kind of had that four years of college and, and even working to kind of get away from that whole dancing side of the identity but then you also crafted this you went into this new identity of like business supply chain and like that like corporate yeah. um identity i, I that guess that linear which was like obviously off right yeah. and so but now you're starting this and so you, even though it's not like the dancer identity it's still an identity shift yeah. which is really yeah so it's cool I, I so when i talk to you guys and just trying to hear how you guys are formulating your business mm -hmm. your brand and all that stuff it, it does take time to figure out what yes. you guys are doing and like we yes. even just yeah. talk about that but like um because there's so much identity shift um why why coaching like what like why not something else like why not like an e-commerce you know store or something yeah. like that like yeah. to get out of the corporate parts of things why like how did you guys find coaching and why do you feel like 
this is your calling or something that you desire to do, at least right now. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, this is Kelsey speaking. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good one. I was um, the one that really found it first. So I, <clears throat> pretty soon into my corporate career, I mean, it was a year in where I was like getting, like scratching my neck, like I'm ready to go. This collar is getting a little tight. Um, but I didn't want to just like play into the millennial stereotype. I was so worried about that of like being a, a flake or something. But anyway, so I start going into this massive self-discovery and Googling and researching and TED Talk it's trail. Old, oh yeah, oh, TED Talk trail. Oh, you can oh, go deep, deep on those. So it was uh, honestly about eight months of actually feeling like I was going insane. Just uh, researching and researching. How do I Google? my life's purpose basically so That's like help real. someone tell me yeah so i ended up finding out about coaching because of honestly watching a lot of ted talks and realizing that all of these people that were so easy to admire and i loved their story and i loved their information and i was impacted by um, the causes that they took up they had this either primary or secondary title of coach career coach life coach like I'm like, what the heck is a coach? Like, that is yeah. such an ambiguous term, and it still is. Um, and so I started researching about it, and I started going on YouTube and figuring out, like, okay, what does it look like to be a life coach? I looked into people who already had successful businesses in this area. But all the while, I felt this, like, friction because... My whole life, honestly, like ever since I was six, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I know that sounds so obnoxious and like, here's my little tagline. I was six and I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but really I did. And so um, I always wanted to build this huge product or service. And I pictured myself being the head of this multinational company and stuff. But I realized that just for me personally and my growth journey, I really struggle with pride and I think that was such an image tied up in my desire to be significant by having some status oriented position like that. I am the creator of this product or service and so I wanted it to be so massive and whenever I realized that I felt God was calling me to this one-on-one -on -one rich interaction and helping people on that one-on-one um, -on -one level, I felt disappointed because I thought, God, like I wanted to be so glorified in other people's eyes and I wanted it to be like so large scale. But whenever I kind of said those things out loud or heard myself think those things, um, I thought, doesn't that seem like a good reason to just confront that that's all rooted in my pride and this most likely is pointing me in the right direction. Isn't it so much better to spend my life helping other people get their leg up to be that leader of a multinational firm or uh, invent that product or something? And so I realized it's time for me to step down from this pattern in my life where I just try to be flashy and self-glorifying and um, have seek positions mainly for the status that they give and like social clout that they would give me. So that's a little bit of maybe a lot bit of how I found <laughs> coaching and then how I grappled with the decision that, wow, my life is actually taking this different turn where I'm 
helping people one-on-one instead of having this scalable huge product or whatnot using my business major stuff yeah no so so you find that this is something i want how do you go from this is a desire to making that a practical thing like did you get certified Mm -hmm. um how does that work yes so i that was the first thing i saw okay top coaches that i admire what credentials do they have what certifications are out there what is the industry standard and so i ended up researching a bunch about certification programs and i chose the best one i mean as far as I thought (laughs) um, that I could find. And I was able within that program to have much more thorough training, not just in getting certified in um, international standards of coaching principles, but go into the niche of business coaching and career coaching, which I'm specifically interested in. So that was about a nine, eight, nine month process. So I ended up, uh, I think it was last February, I was still in my corporate job. I remember it, I was like in Chicago for a work trip um, and listening to this podcast at the end of the day, late, like in my hotel hotel room alone. I think I was actually like, I'm pretty sure it was Valentine's Day actually. (laughs) Let's make it more Um, dramatic. My mom like sent me a care package with chocolates to the hotel. True to brand. Um, and I realized, like, wow, okay, it's really time to just go for it. And so I, next day, like, put the down payment on the coaching certification program. And my plan was to do that in tandem with working, you know, do the coaching thing on the side and on weekends um, as long as I could possibly stand it. But actually, pretty soon in it, into it, I realized, like, my corporate job is not worthy of any more time in my life and I, yeah. I'm gonna figure this out and so I just dove right in. So it. how long was the certification that it like how long did it take to do the certification? That was March first actually. Yeah <laughs> um, through to about November. Oh so. wow. Yeah. So I was still doing like that this November this like, November. Like 2018. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But I quickly realized like you don't need the certification to practice yeah um, in fact you're really encouraged to just start start helping people get hands-on experience because that's really where you learn not just in the principles academic. concepts tools yeah, exactly. but putting them to practice yeah exactly and i feel like chris and i the main growth spurts that we had was in hiring the best mentors that we could find yeah throughout that was summer through late fall yeah actually like we felt really convicted that um well for me specifically kelsey had really felt this i was to kind of yeah yeah because i want to know yeah how do you get into it and then and then and then get into the mentor part okay yeah Yeah, let's do that how'd you get into this this is why i say that coaching found me because I found coaching and then coaching. I also have this funny pattern in my life that you'll probably pick up on through the answers of um, identifying the right path and then avoiding it for a couple months and then realizing that was really the right thing. Right. So I'm now much more obedient to that that intuition and that gut feeling because I've had enough experience to know it's right. So here's the deal. I stopped dancing professionally I think January like 6th of 2018 and it felt like that's crazy that's legit like yeah. when I had my doctor's appointment no way like <laughs> oh I, I kid you not that's crazy what? 
Well, like, it was, like, I was out, I got taken out of shows, like, yeah. in December, but, yeah. like, it was that time where it was, like, like that's when I that? knew, like, it was, like, the solid time where I knew. That's wild. Okay, well, I feel you. And okay. I'm pretty sure January 6th is called, like, Epiphany Day or something. Well, There's some holiday or uh, it, it was a clear day. Things, hey. things, things are getting clear. This oh is not going to happen again. Wow. So, January 6th. So it stopped. It stopped. Yeah, I actually decided while I was dancing in class, taking bar, and I think I was doing Ron Dijams or something, and this piece just like descended on me, and I realized I don't have to keep fighting for this, mm. because fighting for this is actually saying no to something better. And I don't know what that is. I have no clue. And I didn't for three months. That was the nuts thing. Um, so I feel like this is a common experience where someone takes a leap in their career and they feel like, okay, I'm being faithful, I'm taking a big jump. Right. The answer is going to come like tomorrow because the universe has to honor my decision. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> then you are tested. Yeah. <laughs> so I stopped and then three months go by, I'm interviewing for all these jobs and I, I thought, well, okay, Nonprofit, that sounds good. That sounds yeah. like Perfect. me, I guess. Me? Yeah, like I'll help people, sure. I was interviewing for these jobs that frankly were very simple. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to say this pridefully, but it's I was overqualified for them and definitely competent enough to secure yeah. the position. You could answer calls and use a printer. Exactly. And you were getting turned down. Turned down, yeah. So I really felt like God was yeah. steering my path and doors that seemed that they should be opened were closing intentionally because it became so clear after a few interviews like this just doesn't make sense there's got to be something else and kelsey was also going through this time and figuring it out i feel bad for our parents in 2018 both of us were going through such yeah because honestly like i like i was going through a lot and i can imagine like my family my family was like what is like going on then having two daughters like yeah yes like they're only begotten (laughs) yeah their only kids are like going like Uh, out of control. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna not do anything secure. They're like, what? <laughs> like, exactly. like I went from saying like, oh, I'll do dance, which is already not secure, yeah. to being like, oh, like I'll do like social media stuff, which has only been around for like three years. It's <laughs> like, like at least ballet was like hundreds of years old. There was some yeah. structure to People it. People have done this before. Right. It's yeah. like I'm just that's gonna crazy. try and do something that's really new. Yeah. So yeah. it's super funny. Yeah, that's hilarious. Weird. So Kelsey found coaching, and I thought that sounds cool. Yeah, I totally support you in doing that. For some reason, my brain was totally turned off to the option of me doing this. Right. It was so odd because I just thought, I guess I'll do some business job. And then after I get some experience, I'll do something else from there. Another common pitfall of young people. We need experience before we do something that we're actually (laughs) aligned with. Oh my gosh. Like we've got to just waste our time. Yeah. So Kelsey signs up for the coaching program. And there's the first conference weekend happening March 1st. <laughs> and she was able to invite a guest for free. Yeah. And she invited me, of course. So I was like, for some reason, very aloof about the whole thing. I think I was like <laughs> struggling to find some level of importance in my life. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I might be working by then. Actually, <laughs> I think I did very well in my last interview and I will have work all on Friday so I can so I don't know if I can make it. Didn't get the job. I go to this conference. Can you imagine if you did? 
and oh. you didn't go to this conference. Yo, we'll talk about crazy, grace. Right? Grace. So, right. day one, first hour of the conference, the speaker does this thing, he gets up, and the room is so full of energy, and I knew that the room was also full of a lot of guests, not just people who were enrolled. Like people like you. Yeah. yeah. So something just clicked in me. I was like, this is three full days of my life. I'm not going to sit here as a passive just consumer of the information. I'm going to just throw myself into it. I'm just going to be 100% as if I were enrolled. And I was so shocked. Oh, people liked you better than me. They were like, are you her guest? I'm like, no, I signed up for this. Because after an hour of just talking about some basic concepts, they were like, okay, we're going to split you guys up and you're going to try some coaching on each other. And I was like, wait, huh? Yeah. Even the guests? I was like, what? I just go for it. And I don't, I can't even describe what happened. I thought this was just an exercise, but I legitimately helped a person find more clarity in something they were struggling with in a 10 minute exercise. Didn't they cry or something? The second person cried. (laughs) It was so crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it just, I felt like I was being myself too. So something clicked in me and I was like, well, maybe I'll consider this. By day three, I was like, let's go. I'm going to sign up. How do I sign up? And so I did. And the rest was history. From then on, we were together. That's crazy because, first of all, that's really good marketing on their end. I got to applaud them on that conference. (laughs) I know. That's crazy. But it's cool because you didn't just sign up and, like, now they just took your money. You actually do it. Right. That's really legit. Yeah. Yep. So we drove away from that conference on Sunday. And (laughs) our parents, we called them and said, okay. Kirsten said, um, by the way, I'm doing coaching and I'm signing up for this program. And they were like, oh, it was like okay. a serious investment too. And they were like, how are you going to, and I was like, okay. And, uh, round two, uh, news from Kelsey, I'm quitting my job. Sooner <laughs> than we thought. Yeah. Way sooner than we thought. And I'm doing this thing. Yeah. So that was a big weekend for both of us, but yeah, it felt so bright. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just kind of had this feeling like this is so aligned with who we are that I'm not going to fail. Right. I, I can't mess it up because I'm not being something I'm not. Even still some people ask me like, well, I guess like with your corporate experience, you could always go back to it if this doesn't work out. And I always think it's not not going to work out as long as I want it to. I could always yeah. freelance on the side. Money isn't an object it shouldn't be well especially for our privileged position of being young and unattached and whatever like that's not going to stop me since like just like what Kirsten said this is so who we are that we're like yeah all steams ahead yep. I guess is that the correct thing even I don't oh, know oh. someone help me so I don't know I need yeah, a, a colloquial sayings consultant I just tell think, me out on I just think <laughs> that yeah I mean it's true I like that um, idea because I feel like for me that's similar I, yeah. I relate to that because I mean, I don't have a family. There's no, like, specific amounts of dollars that I need. I mean, I want to grow my business. I want yeah, to be able to employ other people and yes. do these things and have bigger clients and get to do bigger projects for people and serve other people. But, like, yeah, there's kind of, like, this mindset when I started. It's like, this is going to happen. Like, yeah, this yeah. is is the only thing I, I know. Like, yes. yeah. I don't know anything else. Like, I can't, yeah. like, this is my, this, it just seemed like I... It was right, and yeah. like I had like 
this is yeah I was gonna put a hundred percent in like that's just right. kind of what it was yeah. so it's cool that you guys kind of had that same mindset of this is gonna just happen this is it yeah so you guys start your business you guys are <laughs> so you guys okay so you guys start like the whole training the whole thing you guys yeah. are now yeah. passed but you guys when I met you this was you guys hadn't finished because we met yes. in August yeah. end yeah. of July August yeah and you guys didn't finish until November of 2018. Yeah. But yeah. I started coaching in May. Like, I had a client. Okay. Yeah. So it was, like, shortly after. After that. So you yeah. get going, you have your core basics down, and then after that, it was kind of, like, nuanced and having mastery. You can get a coaching certification in a weekend for 25 bucks online. Like, and people will say, I'm a certified yeah. life coach. So even this though is... there's the International Coaching Federation, there is no, like all authoritative governing body that will like come after you if you're all of a sudden waking up one day and being like i want to be a coach right (laughs) but it is good to have like the what is the certification called that you guys have now uh well it's like certified professional coach okay cpc cpc yeah yeah. but you guys can have it next to your name now kind of like yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Ironically, I haven't like put it on I my LinkedIn or anything because yeah. it's so funny how not a soul I connect with who's actually turned into a client cares. They don't care. Because <laughs> here's something that's so powerful that I think anyone who's listening can really grasp and use to their advantage. If you are trying to sell something, do it by demonstration. That's how people understand. Explanation is something Tells I'm usually it. comfortable relying on. It doesn't work nearly as much as showing someone and giving someone an experience. Yeah. So when I give someone an experience, they're not like, whoa, 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 back up. Show me your resume. (laughs) Show me your papers. They feel it. It's the people who are skeptical and who will never be a client of mine who are like, where did you get certified? How many clients have you had? What's your experience? How are you? Like, literally, I've gotten questions like, so what makes you different than other people? Why should I choose you over, over someone else? Those are the people I'm not out to convince because I'm, I should never be in a position of that sort of lack of rapport before trying to help someone. There has to be that yeah. immediate rapport. So it's yeah, kind of funny. Like I, I'm not ever in a position where I'm like, oh, they disapprove of me. I have to convince them now. Right. No, when they right. approach me like that, I'm just like, you're not my yeah, person. Totally. Yeah. So um, you guys, you guys coach different kind of niches yeah. and we've talked about even like how do we find our niche even more and like because mm-hmm. I, I I feel like I'm constantly trying to find my voice in the marketplace um, because I've branded my name I don't have like it's not like you know some agency mm-hmm. and I I want to keep my uh, my brand, I think, more boutique, I guess, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. and more personal, um, but still be able to work with bigger clients, I guess. Yes. Um, but that being said, um, for you guys, like, so, Kirsten, you're more with dancers and, yes. like, working through injuries and just, like, just personal development as a dancer. And, Kelsey, yeah. you're more talk. you're kind of helping the people, like, people in corporate worlds, like, mm-hmm. similar to, like, your path. Yeah. Not necessarily saying that they're going to become coach or doing no, certain things but you're but yeah but you're helping them find their I don't know understanding of the, who they are within that job or if they want to change jobs or whatever 
how do you guys like find your clients and like was that daunting when you first started like you guys are amped. oh you better believe like, it like, was daunting like oh like you guys God. are like super excited you're like this is what we're gonna do and your parents are like uh, i don't i don't know what they were saying but they're like all right okay. yeah they're like hesitation okay but then you're like all right like let's do this and then yeah. it's like now what like Perfect. what was like that first step for you like to get from okay we're not this is not just something that we say we want to do yeah. and this is not something that we're like learning and taking classes and go to conferences for like how do you guys take that that first real step yeah. after like the academic parts of things mm -hmm. and that could be different for both of you but yeah. what was that first step and what was that like to take that first step yeah. for you guys? We have tried so many different ways. We've gotten so much different advice and the mentor yeah. thing that we mentioned, like obviously um, we were instructed on best practices and methods and whatever, um, but what it really came down to is what still is the only thing that really works today um, is I speak from my heart, I mentioned um, and I tell people what I do and with absolutely zero agenda. It's just coming from my heart totally. and someone's like, oh my gosh, you should talk to my sister. Oh my gosh, that's me. I can't believe I met you. I'm so glad. Or it, and it's never, I even tried, okay, this was like the pits in the beginning. I literally offered my services for free so I could build experience yeah. and someone said, no. <laughs> Do yeah. you know how much that sucked? It's because yeah. I wasn't there were so many failures able like to that. speak from my heart and it came off as like, probably I'm guessing it came off as, um, I, I'm offering to help you because it looks like you need help. That's the grossest thing and I've really had to learn how to be completely unattached to any outcome in any conversation I have. Right. Um, and it leaves me just pleasantly surprised with life, really, instead of looking around <laughs> every corner and being like, who's gonna be my client? So we've done everything. Like we've um, like just tried word of mouth, which has been the best. We've done online, which we're still doing. And I love expanding our reach and like connecting with new people I would have never met before. And we've met up with subscribers yeah. and different places and it's so cool. Um, like, but so as, as far as when we started, um, for a while I just let myself ease in. I just kind of stuck with the educational bit. I wasn't trying to promote myself as a coach. I was honestly also kind of protecting that fragile sense of identity I felt at the time. Yeah. I'm still transitioning a lot from being a dancer. And so I just allowed myself to sit back, learn, and just practice within the program. When I felt like it was time to expand, I had no idea what my niche was. And so I would just say things right. like, I'm a life coach, or I'm a life coach. I actually was, I'm, well, I still hate that title. I was very resistant to that sometimes, but people would just be like, oh, so you're a life coach, because they wouldn't understand what I'm trying to explain, because I didn't even know what I was doing. Um, that's kind of like, when someone's like, oh, you're a life coach, then I think, okay, I've got to work on explaining my niche better. Than <laughs> right, no, but totally. What does that even mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like you help best. people with the, uh, feel better about their lives. Uh, so anyway, but I was just practicing with friends and then, um, like, bless my dad, he would try to help or my mom and they'd be like, hey, I have an adult friend who's got a daughter who doesn't know what to do with her life. And so I just kind of became like the catch all for like, this person hates their life, why don't you talk to them? And, and I had a lot of interactions that were just, wow, 
really awkward when I go back to think about it. I had no idea what I was doing and I went from my roots of just being myself and feeling like, wow, when I just let the conversation flow, things really happen and this is me as a coach to like, oh, I'm doing this as a professional now. I've got to perform. And so I turned interactions that would have been fruitful and natural into something like a really awkward performance. And so that did not work for me as well. And the common theme throughout our story is kind of just getting back to the heart, being genuine, being really open with people, not pretending or even having an agenda when I talk to somebody because people can feel that. Absolutely. And as far as communicating our niche, or niches. I don't like to say niches. I don't niches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it comes Category. from our stories. And I think yeah. this is so a tip true. for everybody. If yeah. you're wondering what you should do, look at your story and what you've already done for yourself. That's where Huge. most of your answers are. Yeah. And so that's where I found mine eventually. For a while, we'll probably get into this, but. I was telling people that I was a career coach because (laughs) Kelsey was, and Kelsey had more conviction around that. And at the time, I was so insecure after trying on so many different niches and identities as a coach, just trying to find what worked, that I was like, well, okay, sounds good. I think I could say that with reasonably enough confidence. And so I started saying the same thing, and even version A of our website had that. I even have business cards with Kirsten Kemp, career strategist and success coach. I don't believe any of that now. That was like total BS. And finally, (laughs) I was like, wait, wait. (laughs) The first paying client I ever got was a dancer whose mom found me on the internet. And at the time I was like, I don't coach dancers, I coach young professionals to find their fulfilling mission-based career because that sounded all cool to me. Turns out we ended up working together and just within two weeks, I was like, wow, this is really it. This is what I've been avoiding. Yeah. She is just like me and dancers are my people and who understands them better than me, you know, in this position. I've been there. That means I can serve more deeply than I can a young professional whose shoes I've never been in. Right. Like, so who am I kidding? So I completely rebranded, um, got really centered on my story, and realized just through reflection all the incredible things I was able to triumph over as a dancer. And I then processed through how can I analyze what I walked myself through and then give that to other people Yeah. because that is my expertise. It's not something I'm going to learn right now. It's something that I've already lived through. That's real experience. So here I am now. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's huge because, um, Phil, yeah, Kelsey, like you, you understand like the dancer life in that, that lifestyle, but you never did become a professional, but you also, uh, and so speaking on that for somebody, you, probably could do a good job yeah but you weren't there but in the same vein you weren't in a corporate life like yeah, you never, like, like Kirsten's has never been in a no, corporate so it's it. just like but it's so true about like you guys are coaching and helping people but you guys do have unique stories different yeah. stories yeah. and it's not really the same thing which I I mean we've talked about how that can also be difficult to kind of brand together yeah, because that's what we're it still is trying to figure out. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but um so but I think it's really honest and true that it's 
when you guys do find that it's from your stories, that's yeah. where you can really connect with yeah. the people. And really, that's where the success comes from because you're speaking from yourselves, not from what you think somebody yeah. thinks wants of you. To wants to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you're not, you can't necessarily help somebody if you're just giving them what they want versus yeah. like giving them truth of mm-hmm. like, and letting them see the truth in their lives, yes. you know? And so you yeah. kind of are, like, I don't, you guys, you're not really telling people what to do. You're no. just telling, you're allowing them to discover it. You're giving them exactly. a space to discover yeah. what is really true mm-hmm. in their lives. And that's hard if you're not, if you're trying to. If I'm not in there. Yeah, if, if <laughs> it's like, it's hard to give somebody, like, let them see the truth. If yeah. you're not yourself walking in your own truth of, yeah. of, your own experiences yeah, like you know it's what I mean? like, critical and, actually and they can feel that oh yeah this all touches on this foundational principle that has been one of the biggest lessons we've learned over the last year and, and this works for everybody in anything it's not what you say it's who you are behind what you say that yes. really communicates and it goes along with the saying like people don't remember what you say it's how you made them feel that all goes along the same the same um metaphysical reality is the same behind all of those things it's who you are behind what you say and so that's why whenever we really owned our stories instead of getting it too far into the um, self-conscious mindset whenever you're just starting out in your own business you're like but I want to I, I mean I can help I mean I know all these like mind hacks and I'm yeah. a certified life coach and if I, you'll pay me I can help you company. like I can work with anybody yeah. and you really have to release that so you could grab on to like a higher level of service and success right and is saying no these are my people yeah and then yeah. the opportunities start coming to you instead of you <laughs> hunting people down and it's a terrible experience for everyone right. <laughs> honestly at first yeah. a niche defining a niche felt so limiting I was really afraid of committing to something yeah. because just having a niche statement I help blank achieve blank felt so limiting that I couldn't add like four different words in each blank mm-hmm. I'm like very much an options person I like having openness flexibility I don't like being tied down and I was so concerned that if I chose a specific audience with to help a specific problem help them with a specific problem that I would just have fewer clients and the opposite is true yeah when people felt like I was speaking to them because I was identifying who I'm talking to more clearly that is when they're like oh you're talking to me or oh you're talking to my niece Yes. kind of a thing so it really opens you up after you kind of commit to something to yeah. start somewhere yeah totally do you guys what I guess I mean, we've talked about some of the hard, I guess harder points but like has there been a time in this last year that you guys have done this that you're like alright I'm out like this was a bad decision yeah. Um, yeah. and like how'd you how are you still here doing this and being yes. like alright I'm still okay with this and I would talk about some podcasts like how did you get through those moments of doubt and just going through those fears of like did I do the right thing or should I have just stayed with where I was at yeah well fortunately for me Kirsten speaking (laughs) dancer yes dancer (laughs) there was no option to go back I was injured and um, my leg still isn't the same I had a you know the knee injury 
uh, thankfully I'm dancing again and I've largely recovered, but I couldn't turn back, you right. know? Yeah, you couldn't do the professional, yeah. like, amounts of dancing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that was really fortunate, and thankfully, even though we've had some really hard times, mm-hmm. which I'm always happy to talk about, um, I don't like to glamorize yeah, I've had to make, things, make peace with it. Yeah, um, even through that, the original gut feeling we had when we started of this isn't gonna fail. It's gonna be really sucky sometimes, but there's no way it's gonna fail. That never left me. Even when I felt like, wow, I'm screwing all of this up and I'm embarrassing myself. <laughs> yeah. what Even a good when feeling. I was humiliated, I was like, okay, I've just slowed down my original timeline. Like, my expectation for when this would be my ideal, like, when I would hit my measures of success. So even when there were moments when, well, I don't know, should I get into, like, the sucky part? Yeah, get into it. Get in there! Okay, great. Oh, man, I had points where I, like, didn't put on makeup for days and, like, didn't leave the house and made sure that I only did voice calls, no video calls, because I'm like, I look feel on the inside. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. So, like, give it like one, like one time that's like really yeah. distinct. You're just like, yeah, that was that was a tough time. Oh, I. It's when the mentor we were first working with insisted that in order to grow our business, we need to call all of the people who are closest to us, and even some people who are not even that close to you, but we admire, and basically. I say this like just Just, either try to well just to speak about what we do to see if there's an opportunity for us to help them or if they would be willing to introduce us to other people we could help so it seems like a fine thing but the way we were encouraged to go about it worked for him it was not authentic to us and every time I would have one of those conversations, when I was doing what he told me to do, mm. it's never what I, what I would have done for myself. No. And I was just following it blindly, even though with every single call, I felt more and more like a liar to my identity. I felt less myself. I felt slimy because I wasn't doing something I really wanted to do. And I was dragging someone else into that. And also, like, personal development and having these intimate conversations, it is sensitive. So for me to be in these conversations and put myself out there and then also ask them to open up about what's going on with them and then to see those interactions turn out weird, like they would then avoid me for good reason. I was being weird because, again, like, (laughs) I wasn't doing, I wasn't, I would not call someone up and be like, hey, so who do you know who's going to my sources basically I would not do that um, by getting in those conversations they could feel the dissonance inside of me they could feel the inauthenticity and I lost some contacts or friends yeah. I, I considered them to be friends like there were some people who avoided me after that and that to not so only painful. have that happen but then to also have no clients while I was also preaching this identity and like still telling people I'm a coach while I'm not coaching people that yeah. was like the lowest of the low. The lowest yeah. of the low. Yeah, and, just, and then oh. going through this huge phase of feeling like to get, I just like need 
to get my foot in the door and then feeling like I had to be dishonest and allude to the fact that I have all this experience because I was so self-conscious that like right. nobody's going to give me a chance and I just need a chance and that felt so justifiably gross yeah. and, um, and so it was just it was a really hard time and I think it was of the best intention and we were getting incredible instruction from um, not just that mentor but another that like had unimaginable success in yeah, their career crazy. and it just so happened that you know what I we don't regret working with them whatsoever because we do feel like the lessons they taught us were absolute gold but to be slow released and slowly adapted to us over time yeah as new coaches we can't just like jump in with as they would in their years of experience right um, and so we were also just in this vulnerable place like Kirsten said to not really have all of the presence of mind and gumption to pause and make it my own or say uh, like I don't think that's the best designed action for us yeah. right now we didn't have experience and so I had not given myself permission to listen to my own desires or my own feelings about how I should approach um, anything from making business cards, talking to people, any of that stuff. Like so much of the advice was just so foreign to me and the person giving it was so successful right. that I felt like, okay, for this time that we're working together, I have no say in this. Yeah. And now where we're at, coming from four months of hiring people to help me out. Oh, I feel like that was six there were some months. Maybe six. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. There were some great things we learned from that. Yeah. But the best that I'm really benefiting from right now is confidently saying, no, I'm ready to do this my way. Yeah. I'm ready to do what feels good. No more fighting my way into doing what I think I should do to build this. I'm just going to be kind. I'm going to serve people without attachment. I'm going to trust that more are coming and just yeah, be authentic and be the leader of myself. We That's started crazy. We started having Amazing. more fun, more create, but we, or we exercise more creativity and things started happening and we started getting like really great work like how do I even say it like more clients the, yeah more clients like the flood your rent opened. is being paid <laughs> it is yeah. yeah and so it, it all comes down to the simple stuff of like following your gut yeah even if it's against what someone else is telling you to do like at first being told like nah don't get business cards you don't need those to then being humiliated at a BNI event <laughs> when they're like okay so do you have your business cards I'm like Nope. <laughs> I couldn't say, like, my mentor told me to not have business cards. So yeah. just it's some funny things like that where now I'm doing things that would have been ill-advised by that person that feel amazing and they're working for me. So it's like just a lesson that no matter who you are and what you're doing, have some advisors. It's great to have people who are supporting you, but also adapt. Make sure that you're doing what is also true to your heart because I really believe that we all have intuition. Um, God is always giving us information on how to carry ourselves through a situation. Right. We're not always meant to just rely on someone else's word who's been there before to get us to our next step. Yeah. I mean, say kind of it's similar to like when you guys are finding your niche, you're like, I'm can't do somebody as a corporate if I've never been in corporate or like dance you know what I mean like yeah. 
you have to find that and it's very true when it comes to finding advice it's like i think a huge thing though is you don't want to find it you don't you're not asking for advice if you're if you're asking just to get the answer that you want that's not yep. that's, that's not good. advice that's yeah. like that's that's just you like making it seem like you've gone to these advi- advisors there should be rub you know there should be yeah. a difference but i think you ultimately at the end of the day have to own your life like these are your yeah. decisions like totally like you can't be like oh my mentor told me not to have business cards yeah. like, you you chose <laughs> you that like you, right. you know I what i mean listen. yeah you chose to listen yeah. like and so it's like you do actually like having mentorship and having those advisors is really good but only if you're actually willing to make decisions for yourself truly yes. inherently you yeah. know like not just like i'm going to live what they tell me to do yeah. um or like only ask people that are going to tell me what to like what i want to hear you know because that's also not advice because you're yeah. not we didn't have any of that by the way it yeah. was like everything that i didn't want to yeah. hear right. i was like i don't want to listen to myself actually you tell me because clearly yeah. i don't know what's going on and there was also like just to be completely fair to us um there was some like a, a bit of an unhealthy dynamic with our original mentor where he just seemed overly successful and powerful and like sometimes it just I felt kind of encouraged to not listen to myself. Mm-hmm. So there was that dynamic going on that took a bit to recover from, which thankfully um, the second, the next person we hired um, really redeemed that and helped us yeah. to, like, to trust It's really great to see it. the journey of eventually seeing things work and definitely not work and knowing that what ended up working was when along the way, even though we didn't recognize it, we're trusting ourselves. And so just full circle back to now, we're totally trusting. We don't regret or blame ourselves for any of that. That was the best crash course in life lesson. It's best to follow your gut. But how would we know what that really feels like if we didn't have that contrast? So we're really thankful for the contrast and many examples that we've had in our lives. And I'm sure you are too. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that's that's for another day, I guess. Yeah. So, as a team, though, like even though you guys are in different niches, like, what's it like? I mean, working with your twin, with your sister, and like, does that like, how do you guys help each other? But like, also, how does this go wrong? Like, yeah, I mean, like, like. Yeah, because I feel like there's so much to it because it's like you guys have your different yeah. clients, but you're yeah. building it together and yeah, and like how do you do that and support each other? But then also, has there been times where this is like, why are we doing this together? You know? What I mean? yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm. We're starting to realize that the togetherness is mostly for recognition, and because we are both such a part of each other's stories, it feels wrong to leave each other out. Mm-hmm. So we're still trying to understand how to brand ourselves together. Yes, like, separate. hey, we're the Kim So twins, that's, that's like our area of growth, for sure. But we do feel strongly that we stand together, but do separate work with our own clients who are, you know, a part of different audiences. Right. Uh, but as far as what, I'll start with what's amazing about being together. We're a constant sounding board, really, for ideas. And it's crazy how we just have these moments of creativity and 
being able to say, oh my gosh, I had this awesome idea. And then instead of the other person being like, okay, yeah, and then you could do this. And yeah, then. and so because we know each other yeah. so well, and we're not acting out of our own self-interest. I only want Kirsten to succeed, yeah. and I know whenever her intuition speaks and she has a moment of creativity, I have nothing to say but support. And and then sometimes saying validating and saying yes, that's great, or mm, why do you think that? You know, kind of yeah. questioning it and helping us, helping each other to sort through the valid thoughts and then the, the right. things we shouldn't really go through on <laughs> yeah. or the doubts that we shouldn't listen oh, to yeah, the doubt I could especially. not imagine doing no. this alone it literally could especially in the super painful time yeah. um, like late like summer fall goodness like I started to believe like crazy doubts you know I, Kirsten has the example of I couldn't go back to ballet what else was I going to do meanwhile me I could go out and get like most jobs out there like my resume was like blank slate basically like I was a consultant that leads to so many other things like the money I'm so thankful not for one second did I ever desire to go back to what I did but I was always like should I come up with a different idea like apply my uh, my entrepreneurial mind to something else like this is so painful and it was all around our birthday and like all my friends apparently forgot it was my birthday if you're okay, listening to this whoa, podcast whoa, sorry. Whoa. Wow. Jeez, sorry sorry i still have a little bit of like bitterness, bitterness. Yeah, i have to edit that I know. Down. But then, i think it's like, spiked i think it's just like it's done it's <laughs> like, like the mic's on fire kirsten was able to speak truth into me and that's yeah. what we offer to each other yeah, that's always. so invaluable sorry yeah. sorry friends and I, I still love you um as well as Kirsten <laughs> we wouldn't let each other crash and burn and like the mic yeah yeah that's cool so why Austin because neither of you guys when you started this were in Austin no so like why here yeah because you were still in Oklahoma when this when you started and I was in Dallas and you were in Dallas yeah and so why not move to Oklahoma or move to Dallas together yeah, I mean Austin is the coolest. I mean that makes sense, but like, but, but but like actually why. practically, like why this, would you go to a place that you have never been to while starting in a brand new business? Yeah, adventure, yeah. fresh start. <laughs> no. Actually, Kirsten, uh, I, I felt like God was this. really orchestrating this through her yeah. life, and right. so you could go. Ahead. So a week and a half after I stopped dancing. Again, I was totally aimless, didn't know what I was going to do. I got a call from my favorite ballet teacher from my childhood, and she was like, hey, I saw your Facebook post uh, that you're stopping, and she was so nice. She was like, I'm sure you have lots of opportunities around, and I was thinking, like, no, not really. Lots <laughs> like lots, Huge So amounts. many, I'm overwhelmed. In fact, it's a big zero. But, um, so she called me, and she said, would you consider coming to teach at my studio? And at the time I was thinking, you know, I don't want to teach ballet. I'm kind of done with ballet right now. Right. Um, I don't, I, I really saw teaching as kind of like a has-been thing to do, which is quite derogatory and crazy considering now I still do that in the evenings and I'm so grateful for that. I love it. Um, but so I, yeah, I, I ended up coming for a week in March and just trying it out, guest teaching. And I loved it. So from there, it was a done deal. Austin was the place. And crazy, since we're teenagers, 
we just kind of always knew that we we're gonna live here. We love yeah, Austin. That deep sense of That's knowing true. that we didn't are, explain. Right, you guys were in Corpus Christi. Yeah, so yeah, like it's you're not that far you're away. not yeah, you're it's familiar with you know Texas and Austin. Right. Yeah, it's not like you Boston. And additionally, it was so important for both of us though we this wasn't a part of our decision at the time, but we have seen that having a totally new environment and a new friend group was crucial to us completing the change or like having um, just a totally fresh start allowed us to kind of shirk the old parts of our identity that didn't need to stay there that our old friends we love them but that would have naturally been perpetuated by staying in old relationships where people expected me to be the same person I would be constantly reminded of how I could have been in the ballet company if I was in Oklahoma City because that's the only reason I was there so it would have just been more painful for me quite honestly and it would have been harder to grow and to like fully adopt this new identity um, or reformed I should say I don't want to I don't want to pretend like all of my story before is for nothing because it's for everything really it's just been grafted into the new story right so yeah which is like that's uh, it's interesting because I did stay here. Like I didn't. Yeah. Like wow. I didn't oh go gosh. back. And it is interesting. I feel like you know, because I have so many dear friends at Ballet Austin, mm-hmm. and I, I go in there often, you know, to say hi. And, um, and so it's wonderful. I'm very grateful that I've been able to keep those relationships. But it is different because even. They, that's how they have met me over the yeah. last three years. They knew me as yeah, like me dancing. being well, but like I was in the studio with them all the time, and so then me not being in the studio with them all the time drastically changes the depth of our relationship. Right. And it's not even because I don't desire it or they don't desire it. It's just legitimate. Sorry. Like if I'm not with you forty to fifty hours a week, yeah. I am now seeing you like once a month. Mm-hmm. Maybe we hang out here and there. It's like it's very it's different. Just different. And so, um, so yeah, so I think, yeah, having that new environment and it's, you don't, you don't, you're not trying to like get away from that past. It's just more of like, you're trying to develop your present, you know? And it's, yeah, it's difficult, I guess. But why, so why together though? So you obviously were like moving here to Austin for like teaching and you were going to still coach and stuff. Yeah. But why move from Dallas to there? Just okay. because you just want the same thing, just get out and just be like, no. Okay. Not at first. Remember, okay. Bookmark. Back in the story, whenever Kirsten felt this blindness towards joining me in coaching, and it wasn't for any reason, she was yeah. just like, oh, you know, like it just subconsciously canceled out that option. Right. It made no sense, but I felt the same thing towards moving to Austin. So Kirsten had already had this offer. She was going to come down. It was a done deal. She's moving to Austin. Meanwhile, I'm in Dallas, and um, we had already, I had quit my job, and we were already doing the coaching thing um, separate, actually, Um, but so early on, too. Um, And all the while, I'm like, yeah, I love my roommates, Jen and Allie, if you're watching, I love you. Listening, listening. I don't even know. If you're Um, watching your screen while it doesn't move. Yeah. (laughs) Just Um, staring at Apple Podcasts. Yeah. They're like, I love you too, hopefully. Anyways, so I'm in Dallas and I'm like, well, I'm just going to stay. You know, I actually was like, blessed. I really hoped that Kirsten would join me in Dallas. I literally thought, 
man, I had just always pictured us being together, living together, and working together. Now we're kind of working together, but we're not going to live in the same place. And I just was like, hmm, and went on. It was so weird. And so one day I just really snapped out of it. And this was like a crazy, by the grace of God moment. Um, I was actually, in, are you ready for the story? It's uh, gonna be, <laughs> I'm ready. It's like, it's like pretty <laughs> interesting. Um, so I was sitting in church and all of a sudden, right at the beginning of the sermon, my mind turns off to the sermon, sorry. Um, <laughs> and well. I instantly start thinking, wait, Austin, what? Why don't, huh? Why don't I move there? Wait, God, am I supposed to move there? Um, why haven't I considered this? Also, like, what I nothing's keeping me here in Dallas. I don't know why I'm staying. And Austin's like way cooler, honestly. So that's a really huge fact that needs to be said. It really is a, a huge, massive Any, scientific fact. Yeah, designed to the fact that <laughs> I don't live in Texas. I live in Austin. It's very different. Yeah, very, very different. Very different. <laughs> so here I am, not paying attention, awake, like to the pastor. But then I'm like, wait, okay, now this desire is like a flame in my heart, but how do I make this decision? Like, am I being flippant? So I literally sat there and asked God for a sign. <laughs> and I was like, God, like, is this the right thing to do? Cut. I stop, like, I immediately pay back attention to, or put my attention back on the pastor. And what goes up on the screen is the Abrahamic covenant. covenant um, that's a verse that says, like, go to a new land that I have made for you apart from your, um, what is it? Like your people. Um, and I have like new blessings for you there. That's like major paraphrase. Go look it up for yourself. But I was like, <gasps> what? That is so wild. So right after the service, I call Kirsten and I say, I'm going to move to Austin with you. Is that cool? And she's in the car with our mom. I was on the couch. Oh, sorry. Couch, not car. This is and a crucial point. In the very story. calmly, y'all are just like, oh, we were just talking about, I don't know why Kelsey hasn't considered moving to Austin. Well, wait, wait, so I was when this is happening, shocked. Kirsten, I'm, are you already in Austin? Or you're like... I'm, I'm in Oklahoma City okay. talking to my mom about how... I, our conversation was, I was telling her, I'm trusting in God that I will have a roommate who I will respect. <laughs> me, everybody! <Kelsey laughs> interrupts what I'm saying and calls me. That's crazy. Isn't it? I know. Yeah. And so, so I hadn't considered it. I didn't really, I honestly didn't really want to live together that much. Because oh, oh, for some reason it didn't yikes. seem like a good idea. But then here we are and I love it. And it's like <laughs> the best times of my life, yes. honestly. That sounded weird, but it's true. <laughs> and so then I just go home and I'm like, well, roommates, yep, I'm not renewing the lease. I'm moving, yeah, moving to Austin. And they're like, mm, well, you said you were going to move to London last February and you didn't. And I'm like, mm, fair shot, fair shot. But then it actually happened. Well, you moved to London? Yeah, I wanted to. Were you going to like transfer like your office or something? Yeah, I was why? trying to. Uh, that's a whole part of my story. Just that like in my those eight months that I mentioned where I felt like I was going crazy trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. I tried to shortcut um, getting satisfaction in my life by playing to this desire I have to be, to feel significant by being praiseworthy or identified as unique in other people's lives. That took me a long time to figure out my subconscious motivation, but I wanted yeah. to shortcut that by my brain came up with, 
move to London. You're going to be the most unique and, and like do the coolest stuff out of any of your friends. And that's going to get you praise. And that's going to give you the feeling of significance that you really deeply are yearning for right now. And once it took therapy, honestly, to realize that that was my motivation behind me, like white knuckling and sending applications and networking, like trying to move to London. Um, it was something that it was a behavior and a thought pattern that once pointed out, I didn't want to support that. So I was really sad to do this, but I um, postponed my dreams of moving there for now. And then I started in earnest a search for, no, what is the job I want to do? Yeah. Not the shortcut and get praise from friends. Yeah. No, that's huge. So the it whole significance is huge because I feel like coming out of dancing for that is what made me unique. Yeah. And now I'm like, wait, so I, am I? Yeah, that just like that's like what, what, what like who I am I? You yeah, know, yeah. like because that was it's so like who? First of all, not even just meeting a ballet dancer, <laughs> yeah. but a male ballet dancer. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know how many people like that is very like the smallest of percentages. You know, yeah. and. Like it's just such a you. It's a unique thing, yeah, you know. And um, but now it's like I like I I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm not unique, but I feel like yeah. that was. It's hard. It has been hard to find confidence in yeah. myself coming from something that people would just. That was my identity, you yeah. know. And so then it, it was. What am I doing to find that significance? I guess and. And I don't, and I don't think that, um, like, I don't feel like I'm doing something out of like a selfish mm -hmm. fulfillment or some sort of like yeah. selfish yeah. trying to like prophecy sort of thing. <laughs> I really do believe in what I'm doing and what yeah. I get to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, like, I had to first recognize, like, it, I had to recognize that. I think it took me many months before I could. It was yeah. when I was in Europe that I really recognized that. So it was before I started my business, but it there was that tr transient, like yeah. in between period. Like it's that's the thing. Like it's <laughs> like it's like my contract ended a week later. I was in Europe and I was there for two months, and then I came back and started my like business. And so it was like that two months was a yeah. like self discovery. Oh, and yeah. so like I feel like a lot of things that I learned there helped prepare me to start my business. I feel yeah. like if I had just not gone to Europe and just try to start this thing, mm -hmm. I would have been an absolute mess. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying yeah. that I am I gotcha. not a mess now, but I feel like I'm less of, less of that a, than yeah. Gosh, now. this summer was a tender time for all of us. Yeah, sheesh. <laughs> like, yeah. some deep stuff. I like, feel like the lesson is that you have to give yourself time. Really, oh, yeah. just be so, so open true, to yeah. the time that it will take. You have to trust that you're getting to where your heart says it's gonna go yes it does not guarantee what date on the calendar that's gonna happen oh, and yeah. when it's gonna look like so uh, yeah just patience is everything and releasing just releasing expectations honestly doing things from your heart that's uh, that's everything yeah and it's not like I didn't hear that or know that whenever we were in the throes of it it was just right. that I'm like okay great but I'm still gonna hustle and like try to have my best elevator pitch possible for tomorrow yeah and, but I just had to you know it's just something that you have to go through and Kirsten and I talk about this we hate it whenever people are like 
listen, maybe it's a speaker situation, um, maybe it's an older person, and they say, I'm gonna save you the 20 years of mistakes that I made. Yeah. I just don't think that's possible. <laughs> like, you have to. True. Suffering in like the tough times, we all know like that can be a gift if yeah. you process that effectively. Um, yeah, don't really deny someone of their mistakes and don't, their growth. Don't tell them to stop feeling badly or do whatever possible to get out of those hard feelings. Yeah, the hard times. So true. you know, sit in it. There's sit a lesson it. and a blessing in it. Actually, probably a thousand that. I believe we have all these divine wake-up calls where we can say, thank God that didn't work the way I wanted it to because I was not on a track to growth that is sustained and that is healthy. I was on a track for X, Y, Z. That isn't where I was meant to be. And so since we, I really believe that we don't know the full picture of what's best for us. It's just slowly through our own faithfulness and just commitment to truth that our purpose is revealed. So Take true. the one big picture step. is never just laid on yeah. one stair step at a time. It, you're not going to see the whole staircase. And if you try to craft that all now, I swear you're going to limit yourself. Like we don't pretend to know exactly where I'm going to be or we're going to be in five years and then try to like hold on to that with all our might. Every single day, I hope that God surprises me like above and beyond what I planned. And so high intention, low attachment is like been my big motto. Like, yeah. No, I think it's so you can't hack your own growth. Like, nope. You can't hack it. Like, And it does take time. And I feel like I'm still figuring some things out. And like, I mean, yeah, just even the last few days, there are some things that have happened just that happened to me like a few years ago when I was yeah. in Seattle that I don't feel like I really recognized that are still in me now until like now, you now. know? And it's like, that's four yeah. or five years yeah. ago that something happened to me. And I've gone through therapy. I've done these different mm-hmm. things, yeah. but my life has changed. And so that whatever happened, you know, four or five years ago is now kind of different. Yeah. I guess yeah. that makes sense. And like, you can read books of like how to do things, but you can't necessarily learn without like the discipline of it. Yeah. Meaning like you were disciplined, you know, yeah. it's like you can't, like there is knowledge of how to live like a good life, but like you don't know how that works in your unique situation yeah. until you are living in your unique situation. I think too many times, too many people, too often too many people are taking these cookie cutter you know 60 second little snaps of like segments from somebody and saying this is it and it's like those are those are true but how do those adapt to your life you know and you sometimes can't even know like that could be good advice but it's not applicable until you actually have failed so you know so it's like you can't it's like i think sometimes a lot of people are looking at like these self-help books and these like all these different things to like let me save you the the mistakes or like save you from like having hardship but it's like it's you can't you can't prevent it it's impossible you can't so you have to really embrace it i mean you have to go to those the sources to like find how can that how does it relate to your life now in those moments but like you do have to allow yourself the time and the space to find like figure it out like i think it's not your savior that's 
eight months, you were still oh, yeah. in your job, like still yeah. like rabbit holes of YouTube. Oh, yeah. Still like eight months? That's a long And time. to be clear, like I built that into a coaching practice because I want to have compassion and service for the people that are also in that position. And I felt like I, it was so difficult just consulting information on the internet. And it's so lonely and you because you're thinking, okay, that kind of quickens my heartbeat. I, I kind of think I want to be a coach or um, like one of my clients, I kind of, I think I want to be a, a film production assistant, um, even though I'm an accountant right now. And it's so powerful to, and, and this is like why I'm a coach, because I realized the power of partnership in those really tender times. Yeah. And I stopped using language for the most part, like I'm going to help you find a job. Really, my goal is to help people uncover all the truth within them so they hopefully like even forget about me one day and think, wow, I really did make like the most authentic decision possible. And it was the career, or it is the career of my dreams. Right. And I was partnered with in that time. So I had someone just like Kirsten is to me um, to parse out doubts that I shouldn't be listening yeah. to and call out the truth. And I know that sounds a lot like just friendship and that is like a beautiful thing about friendship but furthermore with coaching in my profession it's like bringing in the strategy around right. it and, and some objectivity objectivity because sometimes even friends can have an agenda like True. if I only consulted my other friends from business school about what I should do I, I honestly wouldn't get much help. They'd be like, yeah, good luck. Like, oh, you want to start your own business? Like, okay, like Godspeed. Um, but with working with a coach, you're able to have someone that strategizes with you. And it's completely Objective. like, it does not matter to me if you choose to be a film production assistant or continue with your accounting yeah. job. I'm going to help you make the absolute best decision yeah. for you. Like, com like that you're allowing them to have confidence in the decisions that they have, yeah. not yeah. necessarily what the decisions are. Yeah, that's and that's the investment that pays off for people who go through a coaching process. They learn to parse out the voices that they're hearing inside all the time and understand which ones are theirs which ones you can ignore stories and which ones are really the promptings that you should let the whisper grow into like that loud voice and right. follow if you have that acquaintance with your internal guidance system and that sense of peace that comes through like processing and letting go and disabling old mental patterns that don't work once you have that like level playing field and that decision making process that you're acquainted with how that works that's an investment that pays off for years and years and years. It's a once you learn what that's like, you can then also be that for other people. Okay. Like one of my clients, this just makes me so happy. I couldn't even imagine this before. So obviously we're working for her. We're trying to help her grow in her confidence and help her like in this stressful time of auditioning for ballet companies actually tap into the joy that made her want to give her whole life to this thing. Because through that joy, she's going to be the only one in the room of a hundred something girls that is just radiant. Yeah. In a room full yeah. of all these girls with That's technique yeah. and yeah. all this stuff. Those auditions are called cattle calls. Cattle uh, calls. Appropriately so. It's appropriately just ridiculous. So. It's a good yes. time to work with a coach. So, yeah. yeah, and so I've been working with her and she's seen amazing results. Like by the third call, she didn't even have to say anything. She logs on. I see her face. It's like her whole countenance was yeah. different. And every time after we're done talking, 
it doesn't even matter what we went through. She's like, I feel so much lighter. Yeah. And then from there, yeah. she learned that her thoughts that were negative, she doesn't have to be afraid of them because she knows that they only are as powerful as she decides they are. Ooh. And that's nuts. That's yeah. nuts yeah, for a dancer who's huge. like one one thought of like looking in the mirror and saying, I'm fat, I don't like that, will ruin your whole day. That whole day being ruined will ruin your rehearsal. Someone or director will think differently of you. That changes your future. And so to help someone go through all that and understand which voices to listen to and how to calm down the ones that are not there for you, that's everything. And then get this, this is originally what I was going to say. She has now been a light for her circle of dancers. She has literally influenced rehearsals. We're kind of working through an experiment of manifesting uh, the opposite of what she was frustrated about. And it had to do with influencing a group. And without her even saying much, the interactions within that group changed. Yeah. Dang! So now she's an influence. And so I really get the pleasure of helping so many more people than just the one I'm talking to. Totally. Yeah, it's nuts. And the same, like, if somebody's really actually loving their job, it doesn't feel like they need to go home and kick the dog and be an absentee father. Sorry. Whoa. Um, That was, like, a lot of people I worked with, honestly. Um, Like, how much of a light could they be, even to just their family? Yeah. Like, whenever we were... Well, I'll say I was so, like, unhappy in what I was doing for much different reasons than Kirsten was experiencing pain because of her injury. Um, I was not all there for my family. I was not fun to be around. And even if I was neutral or just trying to, like, still be good, you know, like, be a good person, I certainly wasn't adding in abundance of, like, joy and light to the world at all. So I see this massive, just non-self-oriented vision of like what it means whenever more people in this world are really doing their work with joy and lightness and it's something that plays on who they are and what their talents are not what they can do you know like I went to school and I know basic finance and accounting and supply chain and analytics and coding and whatever that's what I can do but who am I and what are my talents and how does that go into my work and how can I find work that actually appreciates it yeah not just like weasel my way into like pushing it into my work yeah totally I know so we're we're gonna wrap this up yeah it's it's been amazing but if you could leave people just with one um nugget of advice just for like growing up you know and just like your journey and just like your aspirations like What's something that you could just leave them with? Yeah. Or, or Kelsey, go first. Just one thing. I think, well, maybe I would need a few seconds to make it all, you know, amazing. (laughs) But But the core of the the message I want to leave people with is expectations and how damaging they are. I just really want to encourage people to devote themselves to what they're doing with their whole heart. Don't be lazy. I I fear that when people hear me say, keep your expectations loose, that they hear lazy and prone to failure. Yeah. But you can go in a direction that feels so authentic to you, like us with coaching. 
where I'm not worried it's gonna fail because I know it's a part of who I am and I can't get rid of that and that's amazing yet I have learned to let go of expectations of exactly what I need things to look like for me to feel good about myself and that's been the most freeing thing ever coming from someone who has struggled with control like I had to fess up a couple months ago to just being a complete control freak I wanted everything in my life to be the way I wanted it releasing those expectations were scary for like a week and then it felt like my whole life opened up and I was able to just relax and receive blessings and my life was filled with so much more awe because I realized I wasn't the only one creating it I was open to God placing things in my life that I didn't expect I was open to things outside of the box that were my expectations and so I would just recommend to everyone explore what your expectations are like even write them out and then question them experiment one at a time what it's like to live for a week completely letting it go and in that space of just letting it go you're going to find more of who you are and you're going to find more of who god is and how he's good he's got your back i really believe that that's awesome that's my nugget it's my nugget kelsey's nugget okay funny I know that this podcast is all about adulthood and even your question I think was like post where it's like you know people that are now at this stage are growing up but for me I really think appreciate the transition into adulthood but don't lose your relationship with your inner child and you can even just like have fun googling like about the plethora of um mental exercises and things that you could think through in like inner child work that I'm pretty sure is now like a whole segment <laughs> of right. psychology yeah. but really like how special is it to adopt that into your mental model to think okay who am I at my core who have I always been yeah. and if you develop an unshakable understanding and appreciation for the truth of what comes up a lot of things in your life change. You can make more confident decisions. You could create your path and feel like you're consciously creating your life more effectively um, by appreciating that little self that's always been there and hasn't changed and wanted things so earnestly in yeah. a certain way. Um, and you could honor that and also adopt that um, relationship into your thoughts and speak kindly to yourself. Yeah. And be gentle so like kind of gentle leadership of yourself and having that understanding of who you are at the core that doesn't change whenever you try out consulting try out ballet i've always been the same yeah so that's what i'd say sweet guys thank you so much thank you i'm super excited it's been really cool i love seeing you guys journey and and just yeah where it's taking you like where you guys come from and then how you're using your stories to help other people kind of define their stories and write their their new chapters of their life which is really cool so um thanks for coming guys uh i make podcasts and videos every single day uh there's also a video of this in uh, like you know of this day of today so go check it out it's linked in the description of the podcast guys thanks for coming and uh i'll see you guys tomorrow in the next episode of understanding adulthood peace and love